Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Early tease for you folks. I might have a tea to add to the end of the fuck, uh, fuck the Astros bet at the end. If but, that's if that's uh, not incentive enough to stay tuned, yeah, I don't know what is, but we have another reason you should stay tuned because we have a special guest on the line, family of the show. Anytime he wants to pull up, we always make room for him to come on the show. And since we are talking sports and we are talking the NBA playoffs, there was no better time when my phone rang and he said, "I need to come on and talk about the Denver Nuggets." You know him as the guru behind the Cheers to Comics podcast, the host of the Cheersies Awards, which is arguably comics' most prestigious prize outside the Eisners. And you know him from running his online comic shop as well. He does so much. What else can we say other than returning to the ODPH and has been far too long, the one, the only, Brian Wayne from the Cheers to Comics podcast. Fam, what is happening? What the hell is up, boys? God, ooh, what an intro. Man, it feels good to be back. It feels good to hear your guys' voices in my little ears. Um, this is this is this is awesome, man. I am so excited to talk sports. I think the last time I came on, we were talking the walking dead, like a couple seasons ago yeah um yeah man so i'm i'm excited to talk sports yeah admittedly um you guys have been my in back into like loving sports there was a a long period where i really stopped caring like uh, i'm a chicago sports fan for the most part minus the nuggets um, so I'm miserable all the time. As a sports fan. <laughs> fair <laughs> you know, points. I don't have fair a points. lot to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to your guys passion and, you know, I, I hear you mention players. I'm like, Oh shit, they're still playing. Like, reasons to tune in still. And before you knew it, I was getting into the locks and leaps and, you know, I started following football and then, you know, I just, the, the the I don't I'm I'm not a bandwagon fan by any means. Mm-hmm. I got a little sour as a Nuggets fan after uh Carl or yeah, coach Carl, George Carl won coach of the year and got fired the next year. Yeah. Um I I, I hated my team for the longest time. Um and you know the, the the sport of basketball became real floppy and you know I I, I, I not everyone's favorite um opinion that i'm gonna have here but i think lebron james has made the game of basketball worse um so you know so i kind of like seeing that he's not the headline all the time it's cool seeing the 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 Giannis's and the the don kick or don chicks or however the hell you say his name Don-chick. the lucas uh, there you go 
and of of course of course the big serve you know uh the the, the joker you know, dominating and not not lebron not always in the headlines and steph not always in the headlines so because of that my you know and, and listening to your guys's passion about everything uh i've i've fallen back in love with basketball again to the point where i mean i'm out there on the court myself two three times a week now oh let's go so, yeah man like oh man i'm feeling nice feeling <laughs> nice but uh yeah man it uh this is this has been an incredibly exciting season and it's it's, it's awesome for the first time in well, for as long as I can really remember, having my team, you know, be, you know, the, the well, the team that people should be talking about. It still pisses me off that during the whole Western Conference um, finals, you know, or I mean, the, the, the playoffs in general, all the, between the East and the West, no one's talking about the Nuggets and the dominance. It was still all about, oh, who's better, Steph or LeBron, and that's the matchup that everyone wants to see. Blah blah blah. How great was that matchup? You know, they're just playing to see who loses next. You know, like it's yeah. I don't know. The like the whole playoffs this year, and like I say, in case you're just tuning in, this is the sports edition of the ODPH podcast. And for any additional content, make sure to head over to ODPHpodcast.com because we are going to kick off the show talking about the NBA playoffs. And this season's playoffs definitely have shown a lot more parity. And I think that's something that we haven't seen in a few seasons now because it's always been, like you touched upon a little bit, it's always been the LeBron teams, the, you know, the super teams when they first uh, formed in Miami and then obviously going to Boston and then uh, the uh, Golden State and then the Lakers were trying to do that. And like you, you start seeing how the format for a winning team was shifting. And I think the past couple seasons especially, and right now too, I think you're seeing how teams are going away from that formula and going back to the basics of team basketball, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think the Nuggets are a prime example of that. I mean, when the best player in, in, in the league is putting up, you know, averaging nine and a half assists, assists a game, I mean, that's – there's nothing that says team effort more than that. I mean, it's it's about passing the ball and create. I mean, just creating opportunities, not posterize. You know, trying to get a you know a, a posterize or posterization on someone. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's 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 ridiculous. And I think that's what LeBron brought to the NBA. It, like it, it's it, all this flash. I mean, there. How many seasons was? I mean, I completely stopped watching when they started putting their nicknames on the back of their jerseys. When Bron James had a uh, King James on the back, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done with this sport. Like he has completely ruined the sport for me. A couple of years and, ago, I think I don't remember one, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was ridiculous. I mean, there's players had nicknames on their jerseys that no one's ever called them before. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it was it, it was it was a circus, Man. and it, it was all you know the, the LeBron show. Didn't matter how good any other team was; it was all about LeBron. And uh, it, I don't know. I, e, e, even in the Jordan era, I mean, there, there were <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. You know, it, it was it was I don't well, know. Well, I, th it, I, it I me. Well, no, I understand that, but I think it's what happened is you, you've seen the game evolve. Mm -hmm. over, over the years and, yeah. it, and I think 
And I I do agree with you. I think it got away from being about the sport and it started being more about the entertainment. Kind of borrow a little bit from pro wrestling. That, 100%. This that, is what I've been saying about sports in general for the most part is pro wrestling has a good theory. It's all about the story. It's mm-hmm. 100% about the story. And if they can make that story happen, then they know they're going to make more money. And you know they're going to do everything they can (laughs) to manipulate it that way. And it's whether it be the media or, I mean, however it is. Well, yeah. um, The officiating. I mean, there's several ways that you can, you know, bring about that storyline. And this is the problem I've had with, I mean, sports in general. I mean, mainly, mainly basketball and football. Well, I, th- I think the thing with the NBA is you see this change every couple of decades or so. And, mm-hmm. and I saw a video the other day where Richard Jefferson was talking about this and, and how dominant Shaq was, in the, especially in those Laker years where oh, absolutely. Shaq came in and they had to change the game of basketball to adapt to his style of play, where all of a sudden you needed two, at least two big guys. And this is what Richard Jefferson is saying, where you needed at least two big guys, not necessarily to get you points or outstanding defensive help no just to eat some fouls Mm -hmm. you know you saw Shaq change the game you saw LeBron change the game and it followed him for a little while but what I think you're seeing now is guys like Steph Curry Clay Thompson you know Jokic Luka Giannis and all these other guys all these other star players that like for yes you're right for a lot of years it was a LeBron centered league where it's like that it's that style of play that's what's prominent that's what's dominant you know that's what you see the kids playing on the basketball courts and and at the elementary schools now with guys like Luka Giannis Jokic and all these other athletes it's showing the kids and it's showing you know the front offices that like hey don't get us wrong it's good to have a LeBron type but mm-hmm. there's more than one type of ice cream out there you don't have to stick with just you know cookie dough yeah you can you can get a, a rocky road you can get a, 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 a strawberry flavor you can get a you know pick whatever flavor you want there's more out there and I think that's what we're seeing and, and it's for the better of the game yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. And it, it, it is, has been nice seeing that resurgence in the, the, the last couple of years, for sure. You yeah. know, as LeBron becomes less prominent, other stars have the chance to shine. And finally, people are starting to realize that, yeah, absolutely. There, I, I like that analogy. There are so many different flavors out there. I mean, the, the best players, the top five players in the league all have such vastly different styles mm-hmm. i mean i mean just comparing Embiid and Jokic. yeah i mean they're not the same player by any means and they're two of the best players in the league yeah i mean and, and that goes back to the parody that you're seeing because i mean for that stretch run yeah it was you had to be on a super team and i think that that experiment did not garner that much success i mean sure some of those teams did win titles. I'll say if we're talking percentages, the percentages of super teams that won titles is real low. Yeah, it's below 500. It's like at least three teams. You got, you got to look at the, uh, the two San, heats, the, the heat, te- the heat teams, Boston Celtics. And then you got to say the San Antonio Spurs. Well, Spur- wait, Spurs with what? Yeah, uh, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and, see, and, and well, Duncan. You can't leave no. out the Lakers. No, yeah. see, I, I always go with when the free agents formed. 
Sure. See, see San Antonio is a different ball game because sure. they, they did it through the draft. They sure. didn't do well, like I say, a, a couple free agents here and there, but not to the extent of we're having a special to announce where we're going. Sure. See, when that happened with Miami, you saw a change in the room and you saw the teams were really getting into this weird scenario, like you were touching upon, Brian, too, where they were changing the story and you and you start having more questions about how things are getting done to create those headlines. Because once you had the decision and then you had the teams go <laughs> mm-hmm. there. How many other teams yeah. tried copying? Shout out Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And then you see yeah. just recently the implosion of the Brooklyn Nets when mm-hmm. you had Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden can't play together. You throw in yeah. Ben Simmons. That's a whole different ball game right there. Yeah. But you see how that team dissolved, and now that franchise is going to be set back a few years. Arguably, you know, no timetable on that, but it shows that – in this day and age, I think the players and I think the ownerships are understanding that we need to build teams up differently. And that's what you're seeing in these playoffs, that you're seeing a lot more team basketball and those key free agent moves are not panning out. And even the touch upon, too, as now we're into the conference finals for both, we saw the super team get formed in Phoenix, and I thought it was going to be a runaway with Kevin Durant getting added with Devin Booker and, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul and company there. Yeah. And Denver taking it to him and defeating him. I mean, Brian, you as the Nuggets fan, what was your reaction to that series? Well, I, I'm, I, it kind of cut out there. What, what, which series was that? The the Suns in uh, Denver. Oh man. Um. So I, the series went uh, a game longer than I expected. Um. I I, I expected a a. a close out game five for sure but um you know i i i i I don't i i didn't the phoenix was by far the biggest threat to me as a nuggets fan going into that uh, or going into the playoffs you know so having the having to face them early was was pretty terrifying but just after game one i had all of the confidence like I, i i feel like phoenix had I mean, just just no threat. You know, I I knew that Booker wasn't going to be able to be consistent for as many games as it would take to to come back. You know, he he had some good games for sure. And honestly, the the big fluke that that kept uh, Denver from wrapping it up in five was uh, that oh I I forget his name, but that dude that popped off for like six threes in a row. At the end of the game. Oh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then he opened up in game six, like, 0 for 5 from 3. It was a complete fluke mm-hmm. that he was able to – because the Nuggets that game, it's not like they had no answers. It was just they'd go down and score two, homeboy go down and just get a lucky-ass three. Like, he was just throwing them up, and they were just going in. Um, he, 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 he couldn't miss. And I knew – I mean – He's not even a starter, you know, I, 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 and of course they start him the next game with this hope that he's going to be magic again. And like I said, he, he went like oh for five on his, you know, for, and all he did was take threes. He finally hits one three on a six shot. I mean, and, uh, but in the end, I mean, Denver goes into the second quarter up 18, mm-hmm. I believe, and then goes into halftime up 30. Yeah, up 30, um, scoring 80 points in the first half. Uh, it, it's just that that type of dominance against a Kevin Durant, Devin Booker led team. I like I, I don't I don't 
see how the Nuggets are not the surefire favorite. I'm, I was going through and looking at all the headlines and, you know, getting the opinions of these sports air quote media people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, you guys, you guys need to be on the air. Seriously. Like the, 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 the it's that's what's so refreshing about your show. Well, appreciate compared the compliment. To like the, <laughs> the, the Stephen A. Smith and the Skip Bayless bullshit. But, um, yeah, so but everyone's just the LeBron's going to be the dominant one. Blah, blah, blah. The Lakers this and the Lakers that. And they're trying to find all the matchups that go in, you know, against the Nuggets. And but what what they what they seem to forget is <laughs> um Denver doesn't lose at home. Yeah. Um I they they haven't lost at home in the playoffs yet. I believe. I don't think they have no, I don't believe so. No, I think they. Um, I think they're undefeated at home for this run. Yeah, and the the four times that the Nuggets and the Lakers have played throughout the season, the Nuggets blew them out at home. And granted, it wasn't great for them on the road, but Nuggets got four. You know, Nuggets have four at home. They have a home court advantage throughout the series. There's nothing to worry. About. Like this is, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep, mm-hmm. but it's ridiculous after you know how just they they trounced the suns like it it wasn't even close like every the, the two games they lost they they were absolute flukes it's not like the nuggets didn't show up they're sure there was you know the first loss you know was a really low scoring game but on both ends you know it wasn't a blowout so I don't know, man. I, 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 I think this is – I'm not saying it's not going to be an exciting series. I think I, – I just don't know what the hell it's going to take for the Nuggets to get some love in the West. You know, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, even out here in Denver. Like, I, I, I'm here in Denver, and I it's – it's the, there's no confidence out here, man. At least in my little group, there's no one talking about the Nuggets. It's it's all about you know it was all about the Phillies and the the Celtics series. Now I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the East is wrapped up. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, I I looked up the stats for Denver in the regular season. Their home record was 34 and seven. Yeah, which is absurd. Oh yeah, but but for like what they're bringing to the table too. I mean, we gotta just kind of dive into this a little bit. Denver is the number one seed, and they're definitely not getting any credit from anybody because they're not expected to win, even though they have the MVP on their roster. And that's kind of the wild take here because they're coming in with such a big chip on their shoulder, and rightfully so, that I think it's the edge they need right now to get over the Lakers, who defeated the Warriors 4-2 to in their series. And LeBron and Anthony Davis here have been coming through clutch and having resurgence of their old selves. And now is in a situation where, okay, their series is done, are they going to be able to match up to a team that literally is playing with nothing to lose? Like, how right. crazy is that? If you're the number one seed, you're the underdog, and you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it. it, it I mean, the ball's in their court. You know, it's 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 theirs to lose at this point. It's it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, Denver's series to lose. They, they everything is in their favor, man. Um, there is no pressure. I mean, uh, uh, Joker could give 
two dams mm-hmm. about this MVP thing. He, 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 like the dude's gonna go out there and he's 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 gonna speak with his his stats. Like yeah. The, the he's I, I guarantee he puts up at least two triple doubles in this series. He's gonna average a double double for sure. Um, he's he's gonna average twenty throughout this series minimum. Um, I expect Porter to go off. That's uh, and and uh, K KCP Cantavius Caldwell Pope. Those two guys are going to go off because all of the Lakers' attention is going to be on Murray and Joker. Mm. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, Gordon, he's he, he has all, a lot of potential to go off. He's not so big. Yeah, you know, he's he's more of a defense guy than anything. He's just a big body in the paint, a big deterrent, which is going to be very helpful for sure. But on the the nights that he's open, and I mean, if Joker's getting double teamed, someone's gonna be open, and the, you, you Joker's gonna find you. It doesn't matter how many bodies you put on him. Mm. Like the pressure means nothing to him. He's a monster. He's a giant. Yeah. Um. Even even AD, and I don't see them putting AD up against him either. I I, I really don't. I'm I th- I think they're you know they want to keep AD out of foul trouble. Um, because they, you know, what they, they can't rely on LeBron for seven games. They know they can't do that. He's not, he's not LeBron of five years ago. Right. No, I mean, and that, and that's a big point too. I think, I think the keys to the series, you're going to have to see how Anthony Davis can handle Jochik and if he can really not shut him down. Cause I don't, that's not going to happen, but if he can slow him down, you're going to make somebody else on the nuggets have to step up, whether it's KCP whether it's Murray, who that who I th- I think is the biggest X factor of the series, because both conference finals are a throwback to the bubble conference finals yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that a lot of people don't remember. Like these teams have known each other for a little bit. I mean, sure, there's a couple new faces here and there, but at the end of the day, it's still those same teams. And I think when Murray was in the bubble too, he was having you know a career year and just I mean, unfortunately, came up short with injury. If memory serves me right. So yeah. now, so now it's a situation that you have them both healthy, and you now have the chance to really make something special happen here. And I do think that this is going to be an amazing series to watch because you have the story of the Lakers, whether you love them or you hate them. It's still LeBron is at the final run, and obviously with what he's done, there's going to be a lot of media attention on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't <clears throat> deny that. But the big question is, can the Nuggets handle the spotlight? And take it to them because they are the better team on paper. But can they get in those playoffs, and can they really make an impact out the gate? Because they I don't are... think the spotlight is an issue at this point. They they've they've been in the spotlight, although it be dim when it's on them. But they've been in on the stage uh, for the last three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean they they it's they've come up. I mean they had they didn't have Murray for the last two. Right. Um, Murray's back and healthy. This this is this is gonna go very differently. This is not gonna be any type of repeat at all. I I, I don't see that happening. Um, it, it's <laughs> I I don't I don't know, man. I I I really feel like uh, like like I said, the spotlight is. Joker is just too damn cool, man. Oh no, he, he he doesn't 
none of this affects him. No, joke. Like he said when they were announcing the MVP, he was in the pool. Like he, he didn't he didn't even bother to look to see who won it. Oh, no, I'm not. You see, know? I'm not. I'm not worried about Joker per se. It's the other teammates he has, and not saying that they're gonna you know crumble and fall and like the pressure is there. But this is going to be a true test because now with how many people are tuning in, yeah, and obviously it's a little different from the last time they met up. They're now at a healthy pace here that there's no major injuries that we know of. And now you have a truly equal playing field. I mean, the only thing you have to question is, is Anthony Davis still in concussion protocol or wherever the deal was there, how healthy is he is? But that's not an asterisk on the series. It's going to be about, can the Nuggets finally embrace that spotlight? And like I say, it's not a sense of like, can they handle it? It's just now you are that team. You are the projected winner of the West. Can you, you know, finish the story, so to speak? Right. And plus the other thing too is, you know, the first two games are in Denver, so that'll be key for them because then you gotta go into back to back games, one on Saturday, one on Monday, uh the twenty second in Los Angeles, and I don't care what the name is, it's the Staples Center, into the Staples Center, which yeah. Staples Center is a whole monster in and of itself on game day of the regular season. Staples Center in the postseason in the conference finals that crowd is something else. So I have no doubt that Jokic can handle it. But like you said, it's these other guys that are like, okay, you're on a big stage. You're mm-hmm. you're going to be the only game in town on television for basketball. So every eye who's a diehard basketball fan is going to be on you. And it's going to be, you know, the Nuggets games are going to be loud. And they're going to feed off of that crowd. Absolutely. But it's when you go into the hostile environment of enemy territory in the Staples Center on the road in primetime because all the games are on 8.30 p.m. Eastern and on ESPN. It's it's how do you handle that? Because it, it's one thing to play these because, like, like we said, this, this is a rematch of the 2020 bubble conference finals. So, yeah, some of these guys have played each other before in the conference finals, but that was with virtual audiences and virtual sounds and all this other stuff. It's a whole different animal to do it with a live crowd of however the hell many people fit inside the Staples Center. Mm. No, I fully agree. Oh yeah, and but I, I that that's that's where home court advantage comes into play too because it's it's just as hard to win in Denver this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that, I mean that's that's going to be a true enjoyable sight to see the Denver crowd in those in this conference finals. That I know they're going to show up, and that stadium uh-huh. that yeah that building is going to be rocking, and that's something I'm excited to see because Denver has a very underrated fan base in my opinion when it comes to the NBA. And they're going to get up and they're going to get crazy for it. And this is going to be a situation, too, for the Lakers. They are going to have the media attention on them. And if they start faltering, how are they going to respond? And that's going to be the the true test here going into these fi- to this final because from here on out, it's not going to be any easier whoever they face in the East. But this is going to be the true test of who's going to be the X factor, who's going to be the one to step up. And honestly, I think this is going to go six. I could see it going seven. But I do got to say, I, I do like Denver. Uh, for what it's worth, the series preview on ESPN.com has the series odds listed at Denver minus 155 and the Lakers are minus 135. Yeah, well, I mean, the Lakers are going to get the benefit of the doubt because it's LeBron and company. Right. And like they say, but the more we're breaking it down, the more we're focusing on this. And plus with Anthony Davis possibly not being 100% because it's coming out of the Warriors series, I know he was a little worse for wear. That is something that, I mean, every team in these finals are going to be facing. So nobody's 100%. Exactly. So, I mean, you can't use that as an excuse. But if he's not fully able to, you know, step his game up, that's going to be something for Denver to take full advantage of. And they should because Denver is going to come in there 
And I guarantee you, if they come out swinging from that first quarter, and like let's say they get out to like a 20-8 to eight lead, something like that, that's going to be something to really set the pace for the rest of the game. And I think Jokic knows this. I think he's going to get that team ready. And I think this is going to be a true test for the Lakers too because now going into that series against the Warriors, it kind of it swayed me a little bit because I thought the Lakers might make this final run. Mm-hmm. But seeing how they're going in there, I think Denver just stepped up and really had something to prove. Well, I think the thing with the Lakers, too, getting through to this round against – because I know I said the Warriors, but I should have remembered, hey, LeBron's played the Steph Curry and those Warriors like 900 times oh, in, yeah. in the finals, so should have remembered that. But, th- listen, this Denver team is just a different animal, and it, it's one thing to play them in the regular season, but playoffs, whole different animal. Yeah, I agree with you. So how many games do you think, Pat? Who are you calling? Uh, I'm going to say Denver, and I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say it's going to take all seven, and game seven in Denver, yo. Exactly. Brian, final thoughts Uh, on the conference final matchup in the West? uh, Denver's going to do this in five, boys. Five? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lakers can look good against Golden State. You know, I mean, but – I'm t- like you said, it's a, this is a different monster. And even then, the Lakers barely looked good against Golden State. It had to go to seven. You know, like both these teams barely crept their way into the playoffs. You know, like it's like I said, it's two lower seeds battling against each other. Like there, obviously, there's gonna. I mean, just because of the names attached to these teams, you know, it's it's gonna seem more like a powerhouse thing, but. LA is not the powerhouse that they're portrayed to be. Denver is so much more than the media is giving them credit for. Um, th- th- this, I- I'm telling you, Michael Por- Porter Jr. is going to blast off tonight. Uh, he he he's going to light up for 20, um, and he's going to be the third highest scorer on the team. Uh, it- it's <laughs> it- it's going to get nasty tonight, and they're going to deflate LA. I mean, they're not going to – LeBron is not going to be able to carry this team. Um, AD does not always show up against Denver. Um, And there's no one else for L.A. to rely on. Our bench runs deeper. Our bench has proven that we can give our starters rest and still hold a lead and maintain a lead and extend a lead. L.A. can't do that. Uh, They don't have the same capabilities. This is – this is two different power levels going up against each other when beforehand and when golden state and LA, it was two equally powered people mm-hmm. or teams. Um, this is, this is going to be gross. This is going to be nasty. Uh, sports center is going to be losing their minds after tonight when L or Denver takes game one by 18. Wow. Screw- okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm I'm not doubting you. I mean, this is going to be a fun series regardless, and this is going to be one that I really think is going to kind of give a true test of what to expect for the NBA Finals. Because obviously, if Denver comes in swinging and especially has that chip on their shoulder, anybody they face from the East is going to be tough. If it's LeBron somehow sneaking it out, it's going to be a real test for his legacy because this is going to be the final run. I, I, I just think there's yeah. too much parity in the West right now to make a run at this stage at his age. Right. I, I, I just I think this is the window to do it. 
It's going to be a fun series to watch, so we definitely have to do that. Let's get a quick breakout, though, before we get into the Eastern Conference. So hashtag ODPH. Let us know your thoughts on the Western Conference Finals. Who you got, Denver or the Lakers, and why? Let's talk about it, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything live stream for the Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I am the host of the live stream for the Cure an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together, and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date, and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the NBA version of the ODPH podcast with Brian Wayne from Cheers of Comics stopping by. Mm. Last segment, we talked about the Western Conference and Brian, who'd you call for that one? Well, I mean, Denver, <laughs> Denver, Denver. We just Three had a re- times that happens. Yeah, we just had to remind everybody about that. <laughs> so obviously, Denver and the Lakers are playing in the Western Conference Finals, but also in a rematch of the bubble season, we have the Eastern Conference Finals set up with the Miami Heat, the eighth seed, taking on the number two seed, Boston Celtics. Miami got there with upsetting the number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks, and then somehow, some way. They defeated those legendary New York Knicks uh, four games to two, even though it was all Jalen Brunson and everybody else on that team uh, decided not to show up in that game six, which I'm just going to say I'm I'm excited for next season because we have draft picks and we have stuff to move. So uh, I think we're going to be revitalizing that team. All I'm going to say is Knicks fans in New York do better. No. All the shit they've done when in harassment they've given Julius Randle, which, hey, if you don't like the way he played, sure, I understand that, but some of the shit they've been saying, okay, yeah, do better. Yeah, no, I, I will at least address this. Yeah, you don't have to like how he played, but the whole nonsense about like him going up to his wife after the game to talk to her and give her a kiss, like yeah. that was a, a above and beyond the call. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. you like, And I agree with you, Pat. If you want to be mad about how he played, and trust me, I think I've been very vocal on this show about how disappointed I was in his play. That's one thing, but I'm not going to go after him about something like that. Is I'm sorry, like that was above and beyond the call. And obviously the Knicks are going to be doing a lot of things. I know we had high hopes this season and it didn't pan out, but then again, I think we were also playing with house money because we were not expected to get this far. Much like the Miami Heat, who are the AC that decided to sneak in there and obviously have a true test going against Boston, who defeated the Atlanta Hawks in the first round, and then defeated Philadelphia and the hot mess express that is that team right now. Uh, Guys, I think it's time to no longer trust the process. The process has failed. Yeah. Brian, do you have any thoughts on Philadelphia's current situation right now? Obviously, Doc Rivers was fired after their loss in Game 7. Yeah, um, you know... Uh, I'm I'm still kind of digesting this. I'm I'm surprised that Boston pulled it out. You know, I, I I thought that, you know, I'm to me there'd be no bigger story than Joker versus versus Embiid 
in the finals. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that didn't play out. Um, so knowing now that there is probably going to be a slow implosion happening within that team, you know, with Doc Rivers being gone, um, you know, I, uh, it, whew. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think we're going to be talking about the 76ers to the, in the same capacity that we did this year, for sure. Um, next year. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, I, 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 at this point, I, 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 I see him just getting disemboweled with, with, with Doc being gone and, you know, Joel just not being as, not really living up to that MVP, MVP status. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not one to sit back. I mean, I, I'm not enjoying it by any means. I just, I don't know. I think there was more credit given or yeah, given to this team than deserved. And in the end, um, you know, it, unfortunately someone uh, and more than one person, but at least, the head coach is losing their job over this and you know it's it's it, it, it's it sucks you know it, it really does because i mean I, I i really feel like that would have been a much better i mean i think it would have been a better series uh to see miami or yeah a better team to see miami go against mm-hmm. you know i i i don't think i i i don't think that we'd be calling i don't know i mean foreshadowing <laughs> my, my my thoughts on the the Boston Miami series, I, 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 I don't think it's going to be very close. Um, so, but I think that we, we, it would have just been a lot better <laughs> to see, you know, the 76ers go up against Miami. I feel like that's kind of more of an evenly matched series. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I am bummed that, that, that this is going to happen with Philly. Cause I feel like that's, that's kind of the team that, I'd like to see, you know, start rising in the East. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm still digesting all this, guys. It's no, that's that's understandable. It's understandable. Uh, I feel bad for Philly fans, you know, because it, yeah. it, it's been a rough few months for them. Uh, because if you turn back the clock a little bit, uh, the team made the World Series for the first time since they lost to the, who, who, who did they lose again to, Ken? 2009? Oh, right. The New York Yankees. Wow. Uh, You went there. I did. So they made it to the World Series for the first time since 2009, lost the World Series to Houston. uh, And then you flash forward a little bit and they made their soccer team uh, made it to the Major League Soccer Cup for the first time in the team's uh, history. They lost that. On penalty kicks, which if you don't know penalty kicks, it's like the shootout in in hockey. It's like the end-all, be-all, like, hey, after this, there ain't no more game. So they lost the World Series. They lost the Major League Soccer Cup. Then then their team made it to the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, then you get to the the basketball team, which, hey, showing some promise. You got Joel Embiid winning MVP, James Harden, all this other stuff going on. They lost the conference finals for that. Mm. Oh, by the way, there's nothing good about the hockey team because the hockey team didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. So while I don't really care for Philly teams, I feel bad for the fans because, yikes, that's a rough stretch to run through. Uh, But in terms of the 76ers, listen, I think the only thing that might be sticking around is Embiid because – Although, listen, we've seen wilder shit this offseason, you know, but to me, trading or getting rid of a reigning MVP is the what would be the wildest thing I've seen in quite some time. Mm -hmm. No, Uh, they need to get rid of Harden. 
Harden, no, yeah. Harden, there's talk Harden's out the door. Yeah, Harden, I think, yeah. is already checked out. Yeah. That dude's toxic as hell. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's never going to win a championship. He, he's he's he, lost a step. He's not as good as he used to be. He, is he still serviceable? Yes. Yeah. He's he's still an all-star caliber player, but is, am I going to be a front office GM building my team around him? Absolutely not at this stage. You know, but outside, yeah. outside of Embiid, I think everybody's up for sale, and you're going to see that thing ripped down to the studs. Well, I think what they need to do is reevaluate the process. I mean, it's been something that Philly fans have been used to hearing is trust the process. And they have taken steps in that right direction. But the problem is you can always get to the party. It's how you get home from the party is the big issue. And what always happens is they find themselves stranded in limbo. I mean, they've been trusting the process for going on 10 years now. Right. And be drafted 2014. Well, that's the whole thing that you've had pieces there to get you over the hump, especially in the Eastern Conference, which, let's face it, is not loaded. Is has not been loaded since LeBron was there with Cleveland. Yes. And the, and the teams that he had there. After that point, it's been a wide-open vacuum for somebody to just fill the space in. I mean, how many times have we done this show in the five, six years we've been doing the show that, like, it's been one or two teams at the top that, like, okay, those are the contenders. Everybody else, well, just pick somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's always been the top two seeds, and then, well, thanks for showing up. Like, that's been the vibe in the Eastern Conference for many years, until this one, to be honest with you, Yeah, where we've had more teams involved, not saying it's been a top eight, real great teams. Right, right. It's not like a whole one to eight teams like, oh, any of these teams could legitimately make the NBA Finals. But it's like, no, hey, it's actually a bunch of contending games. It's been more competitive. I mean, the Bucks obviously, with Giannis going down, being the number one seed, yeah. that was going to be something. We said, too, the Cavaliers and the Knicks was going to be the best series of the first round, and it was for what it needed to be because both these teams were more equal than not. Philly ran yeah. through the Nets, which, I mean, let's face it, Brooklyn gets swept swept again in the first round. The fact that Brooklyn even made it there with what they had lost, kudos to the head coach there. Yeah, and then the Celtics. So right there, I mean, you had five of the eight teams that were really contenders that could have made a deep run. And now to see where we're at, Philly had to go fire Doc Rivers. I mean, unfortunately, it's the nature of the business. When you hire a guy of his caliber that, you know, had made the NBA Finals at least twice that I can remember with with the Boston Celtics, you know, you bring him in there to get to the NBA Finals and win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And well, but the thing is, is, though, is he, he, he didn't get himself fired. Embiid got him fired for not showing up when, when he should have shown up. Yeah. No, it, well, Harden got him fired for, well, being – Harden in the playoffs, yeah. But uh, you know that, that that's the thing is if you're going to trust the process, you like to think that you know the head coach is the head of that process. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you, you don't you don't cut the head off. And I'm sorry, Embiid is not the head at this point. Um, I mean, because he's not consistent. And I mean, Doc Rivers is. I mean, he, he he's got a pretty consistent history in this league. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just I, I think his firing was just an idiotic move by Philadelphia. When in the end, it's really the team. Like, I, honestly, I I maybe would look at trading Embiid. To be honest, I I really would. There's there's a lot of value in him. Um, and there's I'm not sure what the free agency's looking like this year, but. He doesn't perform in the playoffs when when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it, it's it's not the rest of his team that underperformed. 
Yeah, know? I mean, it, it, it's a tricky line to walk with Philly because you build a, you build players to make this into a franchise contender. And then it's you. it always falls on the head coach for whatever reason because they're supposed to be the ones to make things happen. And in this situation, there isn't. And I think the only reason that they, they did decide to fire Doc is they have an idea of who they want to go after because I think for the first time in, a, in recent memory, like I'd say within the past five years, mm-hmm. there's a real deep, great talent pool for coaches. Yeah. And they want to go get somebody else and, and try revitalizing what they're trying to do. I think Doc will be fine because Doc will wind up somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And I yeah, think it, no, he'll, um, Detroit or someplace like that. And, I'll, know, we'll, I'll even make it, a bold statement. I think he winds up with the Knicks. I think I like that. I think mm. I think the Tom Thibodeau era is going to be has a very very short window. To be honest with you, well, that just depends on how James Dolan's record sales are doing, right? Mm. But that's a situation that I don't doubt seeing him go there, especially now that he's on the open market. It's a weird thing to say, but if somebody becomes available like that, and if a franchise is going like that's my coach, they'll go get him. The, whoever it is, they will make a point to do that. So, like I say, I don't doubt that something happens and Doc winds up in a very high-profile job next season. It all depends on what he wants to do, though. But I think in Philly's case, there's a lot to, of work to be done, and especially if you take a look at the two teams that are in the finals, you have to match up with them because I know Miami's seeding does not reflect that team, but they have been consistent all year if you watch them play. Well, I mean, we're talking about coaches and being underrated. Eric Spolstra is a monster. Like, that dude is smart as hell. He's still young and sharp. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, don't. That man can, it has the capability to outcoach anybody. So, he, I mean, he, that, he does that, not get the respect I think he deserves. I agree with that. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I, I, he is, I mean, I don't see how he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, he, he's. <laughs> He, like I said, he 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 outcoached New York. Um, he, I mean, he, he, he. It's not just Jimmy Butler on this team. Mm-hmm. This this is Eric Spolster's team more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has a, a a winning history in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, he he could take a team deep. He knows how to keep his team together under pressure. Um, he. He's worked with veterans. He's worked with young teams, and he does just as well with either. Um, no, I, I, I think Eric Spolstra is the he he he's the uh, the wild card in in this in this upcoming series. It, it, it's really going to come down to how much he wants this because I think he has the capability to. I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I don't think Boston is as good as they as their seed shows i, I mean, think they, they started flaking towards the end and tatum is he's a roller coaster mm-hmm. you never know what he's gonna put up for you and i mean if your superstar is a roller coaster that's a recipe for disaster in the conference finals especially going up against an eric spolster led team so it's I don't know, man. Uh, I was kind of thinking, you know, this is going to be kind of one-sided, but the more I, I weigh this out in my head, this could be a hell of a series. 
I think if Boston wants to win this, you know, they got to close this out early. And I'm not saying like a four game sweep, right? But like five, six, you know, five at most six. Because if this thing goes seven, I think you start leaning towards Miami, and Miami starts building up that head of steam, and, and that freight train starts coming down the hill. Because, mm-hmm. because listen, you can't deny their talent. You can't deny what they've been able to do in the playoffs. There, if memory serves, you know one of maybe two, maybe three eighth seeds to make it this far in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, ever. One of the the other one, I, I think, being the New York Knicks, you know, way back when. Way back when, yeah. Way, way back when. So, you know, the fact that Miami's here is a testament to how good Eric Spolster is, how good that team is, and just how scrappy they are. That, like, listen, I think, like I said, I think if this goes six, seven, six, this is a toss-up. Seven, I'm sorry, I'm leaning towards Miami because Boston, as good as you are, you're the number two seed for a reason. You know, you're currently favored by according to espn's uh, preview for the series you're favored by 500 and miami's a plus 380 you know you should be able to close this out relatively early and then, like i said i'm not saying sweep but at least five maybe six if, if you're lucky but if this goes seven boy you're giving miami all the ammunition to make a comeback well i think it really just depends on a couple factors i think it depends on what miami can do to stop jason tatum I mean, obviously, Game 7 against the 76ers, 51 points. I mean, what what else can you say about that? But against a Miami team that is vastly underrated on their defense, somebody else on Boston is going to have to step up. And as we remember last year, Tatum had so much on his shoulders, he folded. Yeah. I mean, I'm not faulting him, but it was a lot to really put on himself to try wielding that team to win a championship, and I know it just didn't come through in, in, in the late runs. But with, and I'm not confident that he's grown enough to do that because I mean they ended up losing the one seed um, uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of the season. They had it, and then they lost it. Uh, I mean that I, f- I feel like when the pressure is on Boston and Tatum, uh, it, it's it doesn't always work out in their favor. Uh, I, I am surprised that they ended up beating Philly, but like I said, I don't think as so much as they beat Philly as Philly lost that series. That's a great um, point. You know, I mean, they, it's Philly had chances. I mean, that's Philly collapsed thing. worse than the Atlanta Falcons did. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's sad, but true, but it, that, that's the one problem. Boston shouldn't be here, but they are. Miami should not be here, but there's something that happens with Jimmy Butler when the playoffs hit, and he kicks into this weird extra gear that we don't see during the regular season. And he is he gonna... puts up like Damian Lillard type of performances in the playoffs. Yeah, man. like he he he's he's consistent as hell. Yeah, um, it's it, he's scary. He is. He's oh, scary. Absolutely. He's so much scarier than Tatum because he doesn't have that consistency. He has the capability of putting up bigger numbers than Butler, but I mean, if you were to average out this series, I'd I'd, I'd bet money that stats wise, Butler averages more in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just because of consistency, and I I, I think I don't know, man. I kind of have a feeling that. I'm I'm changing my mind on this series. Uh, I think it. Well, I'll base it off of tonight or uh, the game one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I mean, if Boston comes out and just destroys their confidence, then 
I'm not sure about that. But if even if Boston wins game one, if Miami can keep it close and win two games, they're, you know, the first two games at home, then I, I feel like this goes seven and Eric Spolstra outsmarts uh, um, uh, who, Boston's coach. It's escaping my brain. Joe Missoula. Missoula. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's, you know, I mean, David versus Goliath as far as coaching matchups go. Mm. So I'm, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think Miami might be, uh, might be overlooked at this point now. Um, and just Tatum, Tatum hasn't impressed me. I mean, he, he, he does at times, but I mean, what if I were to, you know, get on one of these sports book things and you know bet on his performance, I wouldn't be betting on high, <laughs> high numbers mm. every time, you know, just because uh you know I, I don't I don't have that kind of t- type of confidence in his ability to shine in the spotlight and boy is the spotlight on him now this isn't the western conference semifinals anymore yeah this is the western or eastern sorry this is the eastern conference finals this is this is to punch your ticket for your big chance and i mean it's a little bit bigger than round two so, a lot bigger. So I decided. So for fun, I decided to look up Jimmy Butler's numbers. Uh, so his his numbers in the regular season this year averaged twenty two point nine points per game, five point nine rebounds per game, and five point three assists per game. Uh, for the postseason, he thus far he has averaged thirty one point one points per, <sighs> points per game, five point four uh, assists per game, and six point six rebounds per game. So yeah. he's gone up in every major statistical category. The only thing you know because ESPN lists points, rebounds, assists, and then field goal percentage. The only thing that has taken a hit uh, for his offensive stats of the major four stats they list is his field goal percentage because his field goal percentage in the regular season, 53.9%. Field goal percentage in the postseason, 527 So, no, you're absolutely right. There is some sort he's of – still shooting over 50%, which is monstrous. Yeah. yeah which that tells me that he's getting to the lane and he's getting to the foul line. Yep. Uh, but, no, I, I think this, this is put up or shut up time for Boston that like as long as this team has been in development and Tatum and smart and and all everything else that's been going on with that rebuild process you know since they they traded away everything and Kyrie had his brief stint and whatever else that like there's been talk of just how good this team can be and how far they can make a run and like it's put up or shut up time Mm -hmm. that if it doesn't work out this year you got to make some serious changes to that team because you're not going to get it done you have to implode them you you have to I don't know who you keep around or if you just simply trade everybody and go the Oklahoma City route and have 14 draft first round draft picks over the next like four years you know but you, if you don't do it this year you have to do something you know and, and I'm not saying oh you got to win the title but you got to make the finals I'm sorry because with this this roster makeup they've had they've yet to make the NBA finals and you have to because that's the every team's ultimate goal and that's what you've been building this team toward and and it's nice and and to say have all these regular season accolades and all this other stuff and all oh, how good the team is, but if they don't win a title and or make it to the finals, it don't mean shit. I think they've got the talent to do, but like I said, they've got to close it out early because if you let it go six, seven, it's going to be all that much tougher because Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster and everybody else on that uh, Miami team and the bench is going to start building ahead of steam and it's going to be real hard to stop them. Well, that's going to be the biggest thing is if you give Miami any chance of hope, they're going to take full advantage of it. Miami is not supposed to be here. They understand this, but yet here we are. 
Jimmy Butler has kicked in that extra gear. But talk about nothing to lose. Yeah. Like I say, they're literally the team that is is playing with all the house money possible that you can think of. If they there's no chest is there's no media person that's going to chastise this team for losing this series. No, unless it goes to game seven and they're up thirty and lose it. Yeah, that is the only that is the only way this team gets criticized throughout this series. I mean, because like I said, no one's giving them a shot. At the beginning of the podcast, I wasn't giving them a shot, and I changed my mind the more I talked about it. Um, so yeah, absolutely nothing to lose. And you're, you're out and you're right. I mean, Boston doesn't make it to the finals this year. I mean, that's going to be a very different team next year. They're going to be in a weird situation because they've, they're built to win now and they haven't. And you have to sit back and think, okay, what are we doing wrong? I mean, in a weird sense, it's much like Philadelphia. And that's that's kind of the the crazy scenario of the elite of the East is there's now time to make some drastic changes if you can't win now with what you have because the facts of the matter are this Philadelphia should have been there they're not Boston should absolutely run away with this series will they I don't think so I think I've seen enough areas in Boston's game that this is going to go to seven. I don't think they're going to close. I do think they're going to come out and get game one. I, I fully do. I think Miami is maybe just too emotionally drained from the game to close out the Knicks. And that's fine. That There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what Miami is going to do, and I don't want to say like they're going to flop this game by any means, but I think they're going to wait to see Boston's best punch. And then I think they're going to make adjustments. I think Spolstra is going to be smart enough to see what Missoula has it lined up for him and then adjust on the fly. But the biggest thing that I think Miami needs to find is somebody has to take the pressure off Jimmy Butler. And I'm going to call out Bam Adebayo. He has to have a big series here. He can't sit there and just kind of have fleeting moments. Like he needs to have a consistent series where he is the solidified number two on this team. And he can't sit there and disappear in games. Because I know Boston is going to load up on Jimmy Butler. So you're going to have to have him be the guy to do it. You can't rely on a Kevin Love, who I, I forgot was on this team. Oh, I oh, yeah. didn't realize he was still in the league. Yeah. Like I say, <laughs> just looking to think who's healthy. Because obviously Tyler Hero is not uh, is not playing in this series. Uh, he's still hurt. Uh, Victor uh, uh, Oladipo is still out and you have those injuries, you need somebody to step up and do this. Miami has been lucky. They've had a couple people that have really done it, but at the same point, if you're going to beat Boston, you have to have consistency. I think they're going to do it because I think what's going to happen is Boston is going to rely too much on Tatum, and I don't think that he has enough role players that can step up and fill that gap consistently like that's going to be my word of the series consistency because whichever team shows up more for this series and like I say we don't have these magical come from behinds like with Miami being down 14 to the Knicks the Knicks just were feeling themselves too much that they took the foot off the gas pedal Boston might do the same thing here because they're going to just rely too much on Tatum 
And then if you're expecting Brown or Smart, they're going to have to step up. They're really going to have to be the consistent counterparts here. I don't know if they can because, quite frankly, I haven't seen them do it before in the in these playoffs. It's always been on Jason Tatum, and that's where he makes mistakes. And if you do that against a team coached by Spolstra and led by Jimmy Butler, you're not going to survive. I'm sorry. Heat well, in seven. He, I like it. I like it. I agree with that. I, I, I absolutely do. I 100% agree with everything that you just said. Um, yeah, and you, you know that Boston is going to plan for you know Tatum to be double teamed throughout this entire series, so it's just a matter of how well they handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are they going to be able to create the angles for him? Is he going to be able to handle that pressure? Because I mean, it's so much more in the spotlight. He's gonna he's gonna have two big bodies on him this entire series, and I don't know, man. He's got his work cut out for him. It's 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 up to it's up to the other four. It really is. It's in. I I I just I I don't see them performing the way that the Boston fan base is gonna or desires. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Miami in seven for sure. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Boston in six. Ooh, pads going against the green. I'm gonna go six. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like the one thing about this series is it's not gonna get the highlights that. Denver and the Lakers are going to get it just it isn't and that's perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with that it's still going to be a great series to watch as a fan because you really have a David versus Goliath story going on here and especially with Miami there really is nothing to be ashamed of I mean hypothetically if they get swept and like let's say they get blown out by 30 every game okay that might be a different story I don't think that's going to happen here I mean, I could see Celtics winning this one outright too. But in my gut of guts, I think that Miami is just going to go in and say, hey, we weren't supposed to beat the Bucks. Here we are. We weren't supposed to beat the Knicks. Here we are. Why not do it again? And then that will yeah. make for an interesting finals matchup. I mean, that's that's a fun story. You know, I mean, it's, it's a story that no one saw coming. And, uh, I mean, this. This ain't no Spider-Man 27. (laughs) (laughs) This is very uh, true. Oh, man. No, I I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Would it surprise me if Boston stomped Miami? No, it wouldn't. But I I don't see that happening, though. I I really don't. I feel like this is going to be an incredible series. The entire playoffs have been incredible, incredible series. There's been, uh, well, I mean. Nuggets, well, they they swept round one, right? And then, yeah, well, that wasn't all that exciting. But uh, (laughs) for the most part... uh, Well, Minnesota got a game. They got one game. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they did. Yeah, that's right. Um, But, I mean, why why not keep that excitement going, you know? I mean, that's a fun story to play out in the East. Miami rising from an eighth seed. You know, coming in off this this play in, they got in on the play in, right? Yep. So you get on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people against the play in, but you know, and I was kind of against the play in too. But if I could see a play in team make it to the finals, not make it to the Eastern Conference, not, not not the conference finals, the finals, then I, I, I may I may rethink my uh my opinion on this whole play in thing. Um, just 
uh man i don't know i i i'm pulling for miami i really am um mostly because well they're they're just playing to see who loses to Denver. This is all this is coming down to. Uh, I don't think either team in the East really stands a shot. And I'm not really saying this in bias. Um, you know, I, I it's Miami nor Boston stand no chance against either of these teams in the West. Um, I, I I just I don't see it happening. Um, yeah, no, I mean even even. I mean, if something silly happened, and if it is Boston versus LA, I got a little sick to my stomach saying that out loud. Yeah, um, I know. I I fear that'd be too uh, Hollywood. Like, I, I mean, you have to kind of just say like it could happen, sure. But I think it all really just depends on looking at all four of these teams, and especially the roads how they got there with Denver just really dominating and only losing three games in, in, the, in both series against Phoenix and Minnesota. The Lakers had a little different story because obviously with the drama going on with Memphis, they wind up winning their games uh, in six, and then they're in another six-game series against the Warriors. They're not exactly looking like a dominant team per se, but I think what we're seeing here is you're seeing teams rise up to the occasions, and I think you're seeing this in both conferences. And it just depends on what team is going to be more elite. I think Denver is definitely showing that they are ready for the moment because they're healthy, and this is the first time we've really seen them healthy throughout this entire playoffs to kind of sum everything up here. We've seen the Lakers now just you know relying on their veteran leadership to get them this far, but how far can that take them? And then on the East, you have a team that literally is playing with nothing to lose in Miami and to a team that has shown flashes of brilliance, but it's also blink and miss it too with Boston. There's mm-hmm. so much going on with both storylines, and it's going back to the bubble tourney that now we get to see it in front of crowds. Now we get to see that energy from all fan bases come alive for it. This is truly going to be something special to watch moving forward. Uh, it is. It, this is this is a great year to tune into the playoffs. That's for sure. Um, I, it, the best in at least a half a decade. Because uh, it, it, it is. It, it's, it's, none of this is really going according to plan, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, even with Denver going in with a one seed, the, I mean, there there were still people thinking they weren't going to get past the second round. Yeah, I, I mean, it, not giving us a chance against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, uh, but here we are. Um, and you know, so like I said, this is not going according to plan at all. So. If I would like to see this stay consistent, and I would like to see King King James be dethroned, and uh, you know an eighth seed making it in on a plane, taking down a two seed who really stood at the top of the conference for ninety percent of the season, yeah. um, and yeah, I, I, I that that sounds like a fun time to tune in. No. <laughs> It's 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 gonna be a great couple of weeks for sure. It, it really is. This is this is this is gonna be good basketball to watch. Um, regardless, because I mean these these are fun stories, even if they weren't drawn up the way you know they might have been planned yeah. or go the way they were drawn up. But fun stuff, fun stuff. Either way, um, no no matter the outcome, it's 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 gonna be. 
you're gonna want to tune into the finals. It, it's gonna be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely, Pad. Final thoughts on the on the playoffs. Uh, playoffs have been really good. Should be interesting to see who comes out of the finals. Uh, should be some of the best basketball we've seen in a couple of years. Uh, and as for the finals, well, that'll just be even better. I I couldn't agree with both you guys more. This is going to be a fun playoffs to watch. Like I say, for finals, the NBA is back as far as the drama is there. There's some great, compelling matchups going on. And listen, coming out of the Eastern Conference, that's going to be a very slept-on series, but it's still going to be one to watch. So like we always say, hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about the Eastern Conference Finals? Who you got, the Heat or the Celtics? And then who you got winning the whole thing? Let's talk about it, shall we? But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do not adjust your dial. Or, well, your phone, your watch, or whatever the heck you're using to listen to the awesome podcast you're currently listening to. I am the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and I am here to tell you that being a nerd can be a bit overwhelming, especially after 30. Life moves pretty fast in our nerd culture, and if you don't take the time to notice things, you miss out. That's why I'm here. As your Duke of Nerds, I am charged with educating and enlightening and entertaining you on all things nerdy. I do it by running the 30 and Nerdy podcast. 30 and Nerdy is a bad cast company production and currently playing wherever you cast your pod. Follow along each episode using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. And check out what all is going on at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Whether it's DC, Marvel, comics, or video games, I have got you covered. So tune in now. Cheers to you, nerds. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast with special guest Brian Wayne from the Cheers to Comics podcast in the house. So we are talking a lot of NBA, but there are also a couple more stories that we definitely want to go cover. And especially we alluded to one in the last segment that the coaching carousel has begun with a few coaches losing their job, unfortunately. So, Pad, you got the list of who's uh, on the unemployment line? Yeah, so the one we uh, already mentioned last time, we just got to bear uh, repeating, is Doc Rivers, who was dismissed as head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers today as we record. Uh, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN has listed on the article on ESPN.com. Their head coaching search for the 76ers is expected to include uh, Mike Buddenholzer, Sam Cassell, Mike D'Antoni, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Monty Williams. Uh, So definitely keep an eye out on those. Uh, But some of the other head coaches let go, and this list is coming to me courtesy of the folks over at NBA.com. Uh, first off, you had Dwayne Casey, who was the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, some of his notable stuff, he was an NCAA champion as a player, an IT champion as a player in college, uh, won an NBA championship in 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks as an assistant coach, was a, uh, NBA coach of the year in 2018 uh, You know, with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you know, he was like, oh, well, he did, wasn't like, oh, he, uh, he stepped down as coach and took a front office role with the team. Mm. Uh, with the Houston Rockets, you had Steven Silas, who was uh, they passed on returning him as a head coach. Uh, so they're going to be looking for a, a new head coach. Uh, they have hired uh, Ime Udoka, uh, who was the former Celtics head coach. Uh, we had that whole mess going on. 
Uh, you had uh, Mike Buddenholzer, who was with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, was fired after five seasons on the job. He, of course, won the uh, championship with the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021, two-time NBA Coach of the Year in 2015 and 2019. Uh, and then he was a four-time NBA champion as an assistant coach, winning in 1999, 2003, 2005, and then 2007. Uh, and then also you had, well, we mentioned Doc Rivers with Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, then you got Monty Williams, who was out uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Monty Williams, NBA Coach of the Year in 2022. Uh, then was a head, all the All-Star Game head coach uh, this past year in uh, 2022. So they're going to be looking for something new out there. And then lastly, and certainly not leastly, uh, Nick Nurse with the Toronto Raptors uh, parted ways with the team. Uh, he was in the, he coached the Toronto Raptors to uh, a championship in 2019 uh, was an NBA coach of the year in 2020 uh, two-time D- NBA D league champion uh, won a whole bunch of other foreign championships and such, but a lot of notable former coach of the year candidates now looking for a job, which I know Eric Spolstra has uh, said is surprised that so many head coaching can head coaches with a lot of great resumes are now out of a job. Yeah. Brian, your thoughts on this. Um, you know, like I said, I think uh, it's, it's unfortunate to see so many coaches that have, you know, such such reputations be the the first to let go. Mm-hmm. When I mean, I, uh, players get coaches fired. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying all of them. You know, none of them deserve what they. You know, they didn't have it coming to them or whatever. But at the same time, it just it. The, the the first one to be blamed is always the head coach. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's only so much you could do when you're in a high pressure playoff situation. I mean, if you have a player, a star underperforming, then, and you sit him and you still lose, then, I mean, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's a double edged sword. Um, in that situation, it's unfortunate that a lot of these coaches, you know, ended up, well, I mean, they're on the hunt now. Mm. Um, I, but I, I, I fear not for them. Like I said, they, they're all more than capable of landing a good gig elsewhere. Um, it's, it's these front office people, I think, that they need to start doing regime changes on. You know, it's... <laughs> Uh, that, that, that it's it's silly you know um i don't know i i i feel like these franchises you know that they, they want to say trust the process but they like i said it starts with the head coach i would think yeah and, yeah i mean the the whole thing with it is obviously you can't move players faster than you can move coaches and it's a shame that it falls on them. But at the, at the same time, like this year seems more perplexing than most because the job Monty Williams did out in Phoenix and really made them a contender. And you were given Kevin Durant as, you know, the final piece to the puzzle, so to speak, and it didn't pan out. Like I was more surprised at that. 
I was surprised that Milwaukee's head coach getting fired. Too. Yeah, that was real surprising. Yeah. I mean, the only one out of the list I mentioned, you know, Dwayne Casey, Stephen Silas, uh, Mike Buttenhauser, Doc Rivers, Monty Williams, and Nick Nurse. The only two that really didn't surprise me is like, okay, Dwayne Casey, you know. Yeah, that didn't surprise he's, me. He stepped down and going front. That doesn't surprise me. Houston getting rid of their head coach. Okay, that didn't surprise me at all. The rest of them did because these are all these are all guys that like, okay, Doc Doc Rivers, you know, won an NBA championship. His record speaks for itself. But like the Milwaukee Bucks head coach, the dude literally just won you an NBA title like the year prior, a couple yeah. year, couple years ago. You know, Monty Williams, you know, got you to the helped get the team to the NBA finals like the year prior. Phoenix should they have gone further in the playoffs? Sure, but I think the other thing we got to remember too is Kevin Durant was not with that team very long. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked, I looked it up. He made, he played maybe like fifteen, twenty, not even fifteen games with them. You know, so remit. You know, jury in my opinion is out because I mean, look at when LeBron, Wade, and Bosh all joined together, how off they were the first couple of months they were playing together. You know, but then you look at some of the you look at some of the other ones. Like I mentioned, okay, so the Milwaukee one surprised me. Rivers surprised me. Phoenix, I mean, Nick Nurse. I mean, again, you know, did they have an off year? Sure, but like, what the hell? Like he just he they were just won a title a couple of years ago. You know, coach of the year. Like a lot of these feel knee jerk reaction and reactionary to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like it just for me, it just it came across as hitting the panic button too soon. Yeah. And it was unless they have somebody lined up in mind, like a lot of these were just real puzzling because it wasn't like your team was in disarray. Like the Philadelphia situation, I can, I can kind of understand. Sure. But that's because the expect, expectations are very high and rightfully so. But in a situation like Phoenix, that's a little puzzling. And then Milwaukee, even more so, unless what I'm fearing is and I know I'm going to hear this from Milwaukee fans, is they're planning on imploding that team. Like, they hit their stretch run. Cap issue is going to be a deal. Like, there's going to be some changes happening anyway. So it's very interesting to see how this all shakes up. And obviously, we hope that everybody, you know, finds a landing spot somewhere. Because, like I say, this is a very talented pool of coaches. And you can never have enough talent guiding your team into, you know, the the regular season and postseason and beyond. Like, so I, I imagine we'll hear about a lot of these signings after the season is done. Yeah. But it's just, like I say, that list coming out is very, very shocking. Looked it up uh, just for the record. Kevin Durant played eight games in the regular season with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So it's that, like. That's not enough time to build. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan in his prime. That is not enough time to build a repertoire with the team and like know the ins and the outs and what the guys are going to do. Yeah. And then the last thing that we had NBA-wise, and I know, Brian, you reached out. You definitely said you wanted to talk about this along with the playoffs. I've had other listeners hit us up and actually say, what's your thoughts on this? The situation involving John Morant down in Memphis. Yay. So, Pad, you got the information on that? Yeah, so I'm reading from an article on uh, ESPN.com where the headline reads, John Morant suspended after video shows Grizzlies star with uh, with gun. Uh, and the article is written by Tim McMahon, uh, who is a staff writer for ESPN. The article reads, quote, The Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John Morant from all team activities after a video showing the star holding a gun began circulating on social media Saturday night. The Grizzlies announced the suspension, which is pending a league review, in a statement Sunday, two months after the NBA suspended Morant over a similar incident. The team did not provide further comment. Quote, we are aware of the social media post involving Ja Morant and are in the process of gathering more information, NBA spokesperson Mike Bass said in a statement Sunday. 
On Saturday, during an Instagram live session on Morant's, Morant's friend Devontae Pack's account, the all-star flashed a handgun while driving and singing along with a rap song. The video has since been deleted. Morant left the Grizzlies and entered a counseling program in March after a video showed him holding a gun while intoxicated at a Denver nightclub when the Grizzlies were in town to play the Nuggets. He was eventually suspended eight games after meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who called Morant's conduct irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. At the time of the suspension, Morant told ESPN in an interview that he realizes what I have to lose and said he would try to be more responsible, more smarter, and staying away from all the bad decisions. <laughs> Morant has, all, has been involved in several off-court incidents over the past year. He is being sued by a high school prospect after a fight during a pickup game in Morant's backyard, where Morant and Pack are alleged to have punched the boy in the head. The teenager told police that Morant entered his house after the fight and came back outside with a gun in his waistband. Pack was banned from attending games at Memphis's FedEx Forum after a post-game confrontation with the Pacers' traveling party. Pack was escorted out of his courtside seat after stepping onto the floor during the game to confront Pacers players. After the game, following an argument between Morant's associates and members of the Pacers' traveling party in the arena's loading dock area, a red laser was pointed from an SUV in which Morant was riding. An NBA investigation, quote, could not corroborate any individual threatened others with a weapon, close quote. In the wake of the Grizzlies' first-round playoff elimination, Morant said he needed to be more disciplined. Quote, I've just got to be better with my decision-making, he said after a 125-85 loss to the Lakers on April 28th. That's pretty much it. Off-the-court issues affected us as, as an organization pretty much. Just need more discipline, close quote. Morant's five-year, $194 million max contract is set to begin this coming season. It could have escalated to Supermax if he had made All-NBA this season. He was not voted onto that team, which could cost him about $39 million in future earnings. He has endorsement deals with Nike, Powerade, through, uh, though the sports drink company pulled an ad featuring Morant almost immediately after the video, March video emerged. A Powerade spokesperson told ESPN's Michelle Steele on Monday, quote, At this time, we do not have any job-related content running, close quote. Uh, Morant averaged 26.2 points this season and helped Memphis secure the number two seed in the Western Conference playoffs, close quote. Brian, your thoughts. Well, he wanted to be more smarter, and this this is where it got him. Um, sorry, I love that quote that he said. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to be more smarter. And, yeah, here he is, just smart as can be. Uh, he, he needs he needs an 81 game suspension. Uh, he 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 needs uh to be banned from all not I mean all league activities. He's going to get somebody killed at a game. This is what's going to happen. He already has his wannabe friends showing up, getting thrown out of games, being banned from arenas. Um, you know he. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, you, you talk a big game and you, you stand in that type of light, there's always somebody bigger, badder, and realer than you. Mm -hmm. And this is going to trickle into real life. This is not just happening on Instagram. This is going to happen, and something terrible is going to happen at one of these games live if he continues to be allowed around this league. 
until he's actually shown that he's had more than 11 days worth of rehab so he can get more smarter. Um, yeah, no, the, the, this guy is absolutely toxic to the NBA. You know, people compare him to Ron Artest. I'm sorry. Punching a fan is nothing, nothing compared to uh, gang affiliation and then having those same, you know, gang member friends show up and then start shit at games. That is a problem. That is, that, 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 that is, I mean, uh, a potentially fatal problem. And I mean, the, the, this, this world is crazier than it has ever been before. And I mean, to, to, Think that this moron, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't even know if I can call him Morant anymore, John Mor Moron, <laughs> is continuing to be this stupid and surround himself with these, these leeches for, you know, affiliates and, you know, entourage. It's absolutely ridiculous. This boy needs to grow the hell up. Um, he, he, uh, I mean, know, he, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like he, I mean, Pad, what's your takes on this here before I get going? I mean, this? he, he needs help because, mm -hmm. and he needs something, something needs to happen from the NBA because the joke of a suspension he was given earlier this year clearly did nothing. And it looks like the breathing exercises he got aren't helping. Because I'm sorry, the first incident is, you know, once is a mistake, two is a pattern. You know, the first incident, he got suspended for eight games, had a counseling session and a, and a and an interview with ESPN, which, hey, if anybody deserves credit in this situation, it's whoever he has for PR because they managed to skirt any sort of accountability with him and got him right back in the league with basically what equivalent was equivalent to load management. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and clearly nothing has changed because if something would have changed, this wouldn't happen again. You know, so he needs some something needs to happen and he needs to get, you know, I don't want to say scared straight, but like something needs to shock the system that like, hey. It's a privilege for you to be here. It's an honor for you to be here, but you need to toe the line and you need to do what's right. And flashing a gun around in public is not a right thing. I realize there are states that have different laws about what you can and can't do with a gun and licenses and whatever else. Doesn't matter. You're in the NBA, which is a private private entity. It is not a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. They have, yeah, states have different laws. You can go from the state of Texas to the state of New York or whatever other state you want to pick, and there's different laws for the way they handle guns. But the NBA has got its own set of rules and laws, and it, and it don't matter what the state laws say. If the NBA has got a certain set of laws, you can't do something, you got to toe that line. I don't know what the suspension should be. I'm going to leave that up to the NBA and what they decide to do, because this is, to me is going to be precedent setting setting, but they need to set a precedent like, Hey, we're not going to tolerate this. This is not okay. You're, you're supposed to be an example for your community and for all the kids that look up to you. I mean, I can't speak for Jersey sales, but I'm willing to bet he's pretty high in the Jersey sales numbers, you know, but, and clearly he needs to get a new set of friends because 
the article I mentioned, it didn't speak about his entire entourage. It just spoke about this one individual mm-hmm. who's been at the who's been at the center of three different incidents for this guy. You had the backyard incident yeah. with the, with the high school player. You had when the Indiana Pacers were leaving the the arena and a laser pointer was flashed. What what it was attached to? Laura only knows if if it was attached to anything. Mm-hmm. And then you have this incident now with them in the car listening to the song. You I know, guess whose Instagram's blowing up? Yeah, his. yeah, his. his. Th- this is not the. T- I mean, this is not yeah, the type of crowd got, you need. Exactly, he's got leeches for friends. He's got instigators that are clearly putting them in, in these situations. And even if I mean, like I said, he, he's clearly a moron. To you know, this is the fourth time now that he's had some sort of gun accusation, or at least three. Yeah. Um. I mean, and he. He's not seeing any common denominators. I mean, yeah, no. The man needs to be separated from everything he's doing. Um, he he needs to take a $60 million hit this year. He needs to take the $30 million in endorsements between Powerade and Nike. He needs to not make that money. He needs to take, what is it, like the 30-some million on this year's contract? Something. That he's, yeah, yeah. He needs to not make that money. And then let's see who his friends are when he doesn't have the $60 million that they were all counting on this year. You know, let, let's, the, the kid needs his eyes opened. Mm. You know, I feel, I, I do. I, I, I really do have sympathy for him because I, you know, I, it, it's, I, I understand what it's like to be young. I don't know what it's like to be young and rich, but I understand what it's like to be young and have people rely on you at the same time i get that and sometimes yeah you 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 allow the wrong people you know around i i that i i understand and for that i empathize for but four times now you know you 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 don't Come on, man. The, the only like, the only thing that scares me with this, and this is only because I'm going through and I'm binge-watching Dark Side of the Ring from mm-hmm. Vice to catch up for the season upcoming, is we saw what happened with Gorgeous George Yeah, when he got caught in with the wrong crowd. This some, And I'm not saying I wish anything on John Morant, and I'm not sitting here saying something's going to happen with John Morant. But you look at what happens with folks when they have money and they have influence and they have you know connections and they can get you in places. When they get run, they run in with the wrong crowd, and they don't realize it till it's too late. I mean, this is the one problem that you have when you bring this energy upon yourself, and that's what he's unfortunately doing. This is now the third incident involving brandishing a weapon, and you're caught out there on social media doing it. Let alone you have the fight with the high school prospect with your quote unquote friend that right. you know during a pickup game. There's a pattern of behavior that's troubling, and that's the key thing that's going on here. And if I'm the Memphis Grizzlies, and I am paying him, and Pat, I want to make sure I heard this correctly, he's on a five-year, $195 million contract. 194 and it kicks in this year. So 194 and that's this, supposed to kick it in. It kick, kicks in this coming season. Okay. So if I am paying him this money, as an investment to my organization, and I'm seeing this pattern of behavior. It's not a one-time incident, unfortunately. I am very, very concerned for, one, his well-being, yeah, and two, my business well-being, and that's the way it should be. 
And I think, unfortunately, he needs to learn the hard way with a very, and I love how you brought it up, Had. This is going to be a precedent-standing decision of a suspension. And he's going to need this. And I know the Grizzlies had suspended him from current team activities. Well, it's the off season, so it doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to really do something to set a precedent for not only their players, but players around the league. Because unfortunately, with this nonsense happening, he's drawing a lot of attention to himself and not the right people and not the right reasons. And I'm sorry, this is facts. That he is going to get himself into a situation if he keeps this kind of behavior up, and it's not going to end very, very well. And I'm not wishing this on him by any stretch of the imagination. Well, no, it's already happened is the problem. Yeah, and that's the thing is somebody needs to get a hold of him and really have a sit down and drive this point home to him because whether it's going to be Adam Silver who is going to say you're suspended the year Mm -hmm. because we don't want your drama coming to our games with our fans and people watching around the league and seeing this type of behavior and we're saying this is okay. Like, it's one thing what you do in your off time, but when you are representing the league, and this is where he is because this is what he does as a job, that he is known as a National Basketball Association player. They have a standard of conduct. It comes with their contracts. And if he is violating this, and when you have the commissioner saying, quote, irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous, end quote, That's the problem, that they understand that this kind of behavior is going to be detrimental for all parties involved, but more importantly, his. And I think that it's going to take a suspension of a full season to knock that through his head. And then he is going to have to make that decision, is it more important to hang out with my quote-unquote friends and portray this image, or do I want to get back to winning games and being a teammate and being someone that can be trusted with the position and the money that they're given. That's the ultimate deal here. And it's sad to say that this is now a multiple incident. Like that's the, that's the most bizarre thing that I think I involve in this story. And it's not over, it's not over a, a set number of years. It's over like a year. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I thought like when I read the the article, I was like, "Are we still talking about this?" And I was like, "Wait a second, that's a different picture." Yeah, that's not at Shotgun Willie's. You know, it's uh, yeah. I, I I got sick to my stomach. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought the last thing he did was absolutely ridiculously dumb. But at this point, I mean, this this poor kid's being set up. This is what's happening. I mean, I I feel like, I mean, I don't want to put on tinfoil hats or anything, but I feel like there's somebody profiting from his, his demise at this point. Um, Because it's like, it's just too perfect that these things keep happening to him too, unfortunately perfect. And I don't know. Yes. I mean, he's clearly aware that he's on camera waving a gun around. I'm not saying that he's 100% innocent in all of this. Right. But to some extent, 
he is a victim as well. Like he is being manipulated into these situations and whether it's him trying to show out in front of his friends, um, you know, on the court, you know, try to be tough, you know, uh, earn stripes, whatever it is he's trying to do, um, you know, show that he's a rebel against the NBA's rules. I don't know. Um, but I mean, he, you would think that the poor kid would have some somebody around him in his circle saying, Hey man, like <laughs> that, that was, that was, you probably shouldn't do that again, you know, but you, you, it's unfortunate that, you know, that he's just, he, you know, he gets off that video and then all of a sudden this boy goes, bro, you just got me another, you know, 30,000 followers. And then that, they're all celebrating, you know, not, not thinking about the repercussions. Cause they're on this high of like what he just did for his, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying yeah, to put I mean, myself it, in that situation it, and it's, that's sad. the only thing, that's the only thing you can do is speculate like the reasons why. And they're all, they all don't add up to anything. It doesn't okay. make sense. As somebody who made a lot of dumb decisions as a teenager growing up, and not nothing nearly to this level is flashing weapons around on social media when I'm when I'm a multi million dollar star, but like I certainly made my fair share of stupid decisions over the years. In the moment when I had people, including family and friends, looking at me like, "Yo, you're not doing the right thing," you know, you're make, you're kind of making an idiot of yourself. You're you know, this is you're not what you need to do. I did not see the wrongs I was doing until I was on the other side out of that little troubled period in my life. And and now I look back and go, holy shit, I was a dumbass. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately I think this is where he is that he might, and we don't know, we, he might have people in his life, relatives, family members, you know, high school friends, whatever telling him like, Hey, you're, you're screwing up your dream. You're screwing up, you know, your meal ticket here. And, and just unfortunately, he's in that part of his life where, like, he's having fun and he thinks it's what he wants and he thinks this is great, but he doesn't realize the consequences that can come as a result of these actions. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing that he's going to have to learn the hard way. And well, I, th- I mean, we'll go right. Yeah, I mean, he, well, I mean, he, his whole thing is, you know, he's got people relying on him and all these people rely on him. Well, what's he going to do when these people get him to a point where he doesn't have that ability for them to rely on him? You oh, know, because that... I mean, I'm telling you, like he he's I, I I really believe that this stunt could get him at least 50 games. Um, well, I... and that, that that's a big hit, man. And uh, I mean, I don't see him being endorsed for anything ever well, again. Well, I think the, the I think what you're going to see happen is however Memphis goes about this and, and sure they suspend him from all team activities currently. I think once we see it, one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to show growth and change and I think we're all hoping this is the case or if there's one, or if there's another incident involving because we don't know what the league is doing. We just know they're reviewing the situations that happen, correct? Correct. So depending on how they want to come down, but I will guarantee you this, the fact they gave him a warning and he didn't listen, they're going to drop the gavel on him. I think this and is... It's, and, yeah, and it's not like it was a couple years later. Right. I mean, we're talking about two months weeks later. This is two months. Yeah. So after they, they tried sending the message and suspending him and they cost him from a Supermax contract, you figured that would be enough. It's not. So now 
If the Grizzlies don't do it, I am guaranteeing you, you want to do locks and leaps, I'm going to say this is probably the safest lock of all. Adam Silver is going to drop a massive suspension on him for the regular season. And I'm not doubting it's going to be 81 games. Because what he's going to say is, if Memphis doesn't do something like deactivate him or however they want to do it in the legality of the contract, oh, he's going to. Because he understands what could happen if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if he and if Morant gets another slap on the wrist, because obviously the first time this is why it's coming across now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, eight games. Yeah. He's now going to say, you didn't learn the first time. You've now embarrassed it and just basically laughed in my face. I'm going to send you a message, and I'm going to send this to the rest of the league, that this type of behavior is not going to be tolerated if you're going to be playing in the NBA. We'll say at a time when a lot of a lot more eyes are on the NBA than normal with the playoffs going on and the finals yeah. coming up. You know, what's everyone's lead story about the NBA been the last couple of days? Not the not the Denver Nuggets the Lakers preview, not the Heat Celtics preview. It's John Morant and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's his narrative that he's got to figure out. I'm hoping he, he he does put it together. I really am. I'm not saying. Oh, I do too. You know, and I know that there was some online chatter like he should be arrested and he should and all that bullshit. No, but what he needs to do is figure out: Does he want to be a wannabe Instagram star with the behavior he's portraying, or does he want to play basketball and win championships? And he has to figure out what's worth more. The quote-unquote friends I I have to support when I'm in being encouraged with this behavior, or do I have to worry about myself? Because he's now going down a very very slippery slope, and if he can pull himself out, all the better. If he can't, I fear we're going to be hearing worse about this before it's all said and done. No, I, I you know I I don't. I want to see him get suspended for the year, not because I want to see him get suspended for the year, but because I know it'd be the best thing for him. Oh yeah. But the thing is, is he he needs to like spend that year in Europe or something, you know, completely away from everything, you know, away from all of his people, all of that, just spend a year in Europe, not making your, contract not not getting endorsed and you know just figure yourself out man mm-hmm. no I, that, I, that, that, that's all I, I just want to I mean I hate that he's in the west <laughs> yeah I, I do <laughs> um, he, he's nipping at Denver's heels all season with that two seed um, but at the same time I mean I I, I the, the the kid's a superstar, and I want to see him be great. I do. Um, but at the same time, I don't have a lot of empathy for stupidity. And boy, is it hard to be un- – oh, he's, he's been so stupid. So stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I don't know. It, it's not going to take anything less than extremely drastic to be able to help his situation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't wish ill upon him, but at the same time – if something, you know, unfortunate doesn't happen to him, then it's just going to get worse. No, so, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he, he, listen, I hope he gets the help he needs because clearly something's going on and it's not okay. You know, 
the NBA will figure out what it needs to be, but it needs to be a lengthy suspension because I'm sorry, eight games, because I, I believe that's what it was the first time around was about eight games. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. that that's not a suspension. That's not anything no, that's going to teach him. He spent him... that time down in Miami. Yeah, that, that's chilling in Florida. That That's not learning how to breathe. Come on, man. Yeah, that that's not a punishment. That's not anything that's going to teach a lesson. You know, you know the lesson to somebody. It's like if you got a kid and you see, and he throws a temper tantrum playing Xbox or PlayStation. You go, oh, that's it. Go to your room. You know. But if the kid's got a Nintendo Switch in his room, well, that don't mean shit. He's not learning anything. You're just taking away one thing so he can go play another thing. You know, suspending him for if for eight games or whatever it was. That that's not going to teach him a lesson. That's another. That's another. Essentially, another all star break. Yeah, that, oh, that's that, a vacation. That's a vacation. He's not going to learn anything. But if you take away the game he loves, hopefully, for a, a you know whatever it is, a half a season, full season, somewhere in between, that'll send a message that like, hey, this is not okay, and you cannot do this. And I and like I said, I hope he gets the help he he needs because this is not this is not right. This is not okay. It it, it it's just not. No, it it definitely isn't. And this is where the Grizzlies are going to have to set the the bar and say us as a franchise we're not going to tolerate this if they don't mark my words quote this adam silver will because he 100 yeah there there is no chance this goes past him especially not be allowed to be made out to look stupid yeah and you know the whole Oh, we had a intimate conversation, intimate and deep conversation. Um, for him to just come out and pretty much spit on the shoes of Adam Silver after that whole proclamation, um, no, uh, Silver is pissed right now. Oh yeah, he is pissed, and uh, the, I wouldn't be surprised if he handed out the biggest suspension the NBA's ever seen. Just yeah. as a way to show, look, we have plenty of other superstars that don't make the game dangerous mm. to attend. I mean, there's no way, as a Denver fan, I would ever go to a Nuggets game that the Memphis Grizzlies were, you know, playing. Just because at this point, like I, I, I mean, the the the, the dude's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, maybe not him himself, but. It's and it's it's the last thing anybody else needs is <laughs> to fear for their life going to a basketball game because yeah. you know you don't know what type of energy this guy's gonna bring in, what type of heat and smoke he you know he's he's gonna draw up. Yeah. yeah, no, he needs to spend away away from uh, away from this country. Maybe get some appreciation as to maybe some other countries' gun laws that are a little more uh, strict. You know, he he, um, he just he just needs somebody to just really clear his head and just really have that sit down conversation. Like that's all it's going to take because if he's not willing to do it himself, like somebody's going to have to do it for him. Because otherwise, the the pattern of behavior right here is alarming enough. And there's no way, as a business, as a franchise, I mean, we have seen, uh. Advertisers yeah. and sponsors yeah. back away from players yeah. for less stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, if you're comparing apples and oranges, so to speak, what do you think is going to be the ramifications here? And I think this oh, is something he will never ever be endorsed ever again. Yeah, like I think that he is he's going to have to really work on rebuilding his his image and, and his you know 
relationships and really win over the public. And he's got a, a long road ahead of him. And just unfortunately, whatever the fallout's going to be, and I guarantee you we'll hear about it after the finals because I don't think they're going to say anything during the games because why take the spotlight away from the games? Mm-hmm. And I think with Memphis doing what they're doing now, I think they're just buying time for it. But I think that you're going to see them, you know, drop something probably a week after the finals. They're done. And then that's the precedent that's going to be set forward. I'm just hoping he learns from this and he's able to grow from this and he's able to move on from this because that's going to be the biggest thing. I just thing. think it's bullshit that it's taking away from the finals. Like, he, he he's not even in the damn league anymore, and he can't help but, you know, want to be talked about, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's not your turn anymore, man. Like, let the Nuggets win this shit. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, enjoy your enjoy your extended off season, And, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I... I uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's an unfortunate situation, and like I say, you know, he should be learning from the mistakes of others that he hasn't learned yet, and he's and, he's, he's going to have to find out the hard way. And I mean, we learned from the last incident. There's no lack of other celebrities that has been has been in his position that mm-hmm. have spoken with him. So I mean, the talk with Adam Silver didn't work. The you know all of the other sports figures out there that have been in his shoes getting on all these media outlets, you know, giving their testimony. Um, no, not, not, not hearing a damn thing. And that's what worries me about the situation is it makes me wonder if, you know, at this age, he's even capable of turning it around at this point. Cause if you're not getting it from these people, I mean, this is, like I said, you're not even in, you're not you're not even playing right now Mm -hmm. and you're still the most talked about thing i mean if that if if that's not enough to wake you up then is it too late i mean i don't know i mean age and growth is a lot but at the same time he's on a dangerous road you know like this isn't (laughs) this isn't a you know just anything we're i mean we're talking about gun violence and gang violence and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i mean this this gets people killed yeah and i mean get gets put in jail and uh, i mean at best mm-hmm. yeah. and i mean shit we we huh. i don't know it's, it's just a shame to see such a talented kid because the kid's explosive i can't deny his talent as much as i want to hate him as an opponent like the kid is gross. He he he's he's absolutely incredible mm-hmm. for the league. You know, as far as his gameplay goes, you know, I, I'm watching Memphis games before this kid. Yeah, but man, I don't know. He's I I like to think that there's still hope, but it's it, his actions is, have proven that he just. Yeah, I think he's all about that other life. And, yeah, you know, I'm. Maybe he's made enough at this point. I don't know. No, I mean, I think just in closing, I think that we're just going to have to watch to see how this unfolds. And I think this is going to be a case that we're going to be talking about in years to come. And I just, I'm hoping for a happy ending. And that's the, Me too. that's the only thing we can hope for at this stage is just the right thing is done. It's going to be a little bit of tough love from the NBA. And I think that this is going to have to just be something he's going to have to realize like he's screwing up and he's doing wrong. 
So that yep. said, hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPHPod. I know we threw a lot at you about John Moran. We definitely want to hear everybody's feedback. I've been getting messages about it, and obviously Brian has been talking about it too. So we definitely want to hear what you guys have to say about that whole situation. And what about the coaching carousel going on in the NBA right now too? Let's talk about that, shall we? We're going to take one last break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's Alan Dunford here from Top Hat Studios, co-writer and co-creator of Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw, and you guys are listening to the ODPH Podcast. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast with Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics on board. Pad, what you got? Got a couple things to talk about. Obviously, first is the local minute and looking at the Binghamton Rumble Ponies in the last week. Uh, they were at home playing the Hartford Yard Goats. Uh, they lost their game on Tuesday. Final score 11-9. Had a doubleheader on Wednesday. They won both of those. Uh, first one 6-2. Second game 2-0. Lost on Thursday 4-3. Lost again on Friday 10-9. Uh, and then again on Saturday 6-5. One on Sunday though by the final score of nine to two they are on the road this week playing new hampshire all uh from tuesday through sunday uh tuesday through saturday the games are at 6 35 p.m eastern sunday 1 35 p.m eastern uh they then return home for a series with richmond on tuesday the 23rd uh so for tickets information all that good stuff bingrp.com uh then i'm gonna keep it baseball because there was a little kerfuffle last night at the new york yankees toronto blue jays game uh and and the atrocious umpiring plays into it a little bit uh, because the uh, New York Yankees are playing the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, up in Toronto uh, for a couple game series. Uh, Home plate umpire, uh, both teams were chirping at the home plate umpire throughout the night. His uh, strike zone, a little questionable. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point uh, during the night when the Yankees were up six to nothing at the time, uh, you had Aaron Judge at the plate. Uh, and there was a pitch that by every electronic tracking, because if you go to MajorLeagueBaseball.com, ESPN.com, if you have the Major League Baseball app, you can see where these pitches come in in almost real time. There's a little bit of a delay because, hey, Internet. Mm-hmm. But you could see that the pitch was like four inches, three, four inches below what the strike zone should be. And the umpire called it a strike, mm-hmm. even though Judge didn't swing. So Judge wasn't thrilled with it, but he didn't say anything. You had uh, Aaron Boone start arguing he was ejected from the game. But obviously the uh, bad feelings between the uh, team and the umpire continued. But a couple pitches after that, Judge then proceeded to hit a 462-foot home run uh, to put the game even further out of reach. Uh, But what was noticed by the Toronto Blue Jays uh, broadcasters in Buck Martinez, their play-by-play, and uh, one of their announcers, Dan Shulman, uh, who a lot of you might remember the name if uh, he used to do uh, Sunday Night Baseball broadcasts for ESPN. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they noticed that in between pitches... Uh, while Judge was at the plate, he kept looking back at the dugout. And they're like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. Judge claimed that it was because some of the guys in his dugout were chirping and he's kind of like trying to throw them a look like, hey, you know, cut the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but the prevailing theory is that he was trying to get signs from the dugout. Now, not in any sort of like electronic banging on a trash can thing like the Astros, but that the the Blue Jays were tipping pitches mm-hmm. and that they had picked up on something and he was trying to pick up on what they're doing. You know, nothing illegal about this. It's it's an old part of the game. You know, to, if you figure out what the pitcher's don't doing and you, you're not doing it illegally with video cameras and trash cans, you know, hey, that's on the up and up. There's nothing in the rules saying you can't do that. So 
but of course you had the Toronto Blue Jays manager, you know, come out and say, oh, you know, about all, oh, well, we think it's because the, the, uh, base coaches weren't where they were supposed to be. And he even went as far as to say, quote, uh, this was today. Uh, we just want to make sure that every coach is where they should be on the field. And I'm confident that they will be going forward. Close quote. Oh, uh, due to, to Buck Martinez and Dan Shulman and John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto blue Jays go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like, was he trying to you guys tipping pitches? It should have become fairly obvious that he was tipping pitches and he should have gone out there and said, and said, Hey, you're tipping pitches. Like, you're doing, you know, we need, we need to look at the tape and figure out what you're doing. Yeah. You know, just cut the shit. Foolish reasons, but it's baseball. Brian, I mean, how you feeling about baseball these days? Oh, you know, um, and I don't watch a lot of, uh, uh, regular season baseball, to be honest. And like I said, being a Chicago sports fan, uh, Cubs fan, um, you know, just a world of disappointment for the most part. So, uh, I don't have a lot of opinions about the MLB at this time. I, I did, yeah, I do. I do enjoy a good uh, dugout drama, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And then let us end this show how we always do. We gotta talk a little bit of pro wrestling. I know that you're not the biggest fan of it, but you know it. Uh, you kind of have to. You can't escape exactly what Roman Reigns is doing and Sami Zayn and the the greatest storyline in all of pro wrestling. It's not that I'm not a fan. I just don't tune in every week. I, you know, I, I tune into the premium events for sure, and I follow. You know, your 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 podcast absolutely keeps me informed on all the storylines and everything going on. So I feel like I still watch it without having to watch it. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I love me a good premium event. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I, I've been catching some of the headlines here this week. You know, some interesting stuff. I'm in, I'm in intrigued to hear your your guys's takes on uh on all of this all right pad what we got yeah so uh the next premium live event we got coming up is on may the 27th that is a saturday i believe it starts at 1 p.m eastern because it's coming to us from Jeddah, saudi arabia and that is night of champions uh so this originally was going to be the king of the king and queen of the ring uh pay-per-view because we were going to have king and queen of the ring tournaments uh taking place on the show but since roman at that it's either before or right after or maybe on the night of uh is scheduled to hit 1000 days as WWE Universal Champion, uh, so they decided to call an audible, change the name of the card. Uh, while we don't have the full card, we do have uh, an updated card uh, from what we knew previously. Of course, we knew uh, based off of Monday Night Raw last week that we will have Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar in what is now a singles match. Um, that might get a stipulation, we'll see, but we had some other stuff added to the card. Uh, as we found out uh, on Friday last week, we knew Seth freaking Rollins was one of the final uh members in the tournament for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. We just wanted to find needed to find out who the other one was. And to a lot of people's not really surprise, it is AJ Styles. Uh, so we for maybe the first time on pay-per-view, I can't remember them facing each other on a pay-per-view. If it is, it's very low numbers. Uh, so that'll be going on. Uh, we found out on Monday Night Raw this week that Gunther will be defending his Intercontinental Championship against Mustafa Ali. Uh, that that uh, came as a result of a battle royale that took place on Monday night. Uh, so we will see the new uh, man who is all 
sorts of positive and his positivity led him to his intercontinental championship opportunity. Uh, and so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens from that. And, but then this, this is where it gets interesting because you got three potential matches that could main event this card. I don't know how you pick. You got the Seth Rollins, AJ Styles for the heavyweights championship. You got Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And then you got the other one that was announced on Friday night. And that is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will be uh, defending their undisputed WWE tag team championships against the bloodline. No, not Jimmy and Jay Uso. Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. So everyone's worried about Roman three belts because, oh, he's got LOL Roman wins. He's going to get the heavyweight championship. Ah, There is a possibility it could be LOL Roman wins and we got Roman four belts. Don't think it's going to happen, but that is you got three matches there that could main event this card. It's Uh, a you got some thoughts, Bri? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just over the rain, man. You know, like I'm, uh, he, he doesn't need any more titles. Like, uh, you know, the, the 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 bloodline feud with Zayn and Owens, I think is, I I, I think it's time to move on. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, unless it comes down to Kevin Owens defeating Roman Reigns for the you know undisputed championship, I, I just don't. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of over that whole. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. in- interesting to see him, in, you know, as a tag, you know, in a, in a tag match. But I, I feel like it's just, I mean, I don't see them coming out ahead. I, I don't see them handing him any more gold. I just, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a a, a wasted main event opportunity. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a waste of a slot. Let's put it that way. The matchup will be the matchup will be interesting. Just be, I don't think Roman's going to come out with the belt. Like, no, you know, he's not coming. He, out with he's the belt. not coming out yeah. with the belt. I like what you said. I kind of and I agree with what you said on six oh seven TWS this week that it's going to be a good match and I think it's going to come close. But ultimately, what happens with every Roman Reigns match since he's had this run and since the bloodline has formed? You get interference from Jimmy and Jay Uso. Yeah. They always come out for the save. Mm-hmm. I think this is the one time that they're gonna. Well, another time they're gonna, you know, screw screw it up, super kick the wrong person or whatever, whatever it is. But they're gonna cause. They're gonna come out and try to run interference and help them win. But it's ultimately gonna cost Roman the match, and we're gonna see that you know that gap that's forming between Roman and the Usos. And, and just kind of further that split. You know, I, I don't think he's coming out with four belts because that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's not coming okay. out. He's, he's not coming out with four belts, but I think it's, you, you know, the the Owens and Sammy thing, which we got to say, hey, this is a big thing for Sammy wrestling in Saudi Arabia because he has not wrestled. Uh, this is according to the Wikipedia page. He has not wrestled in Saudi Arabia since a live tour in April of 2014. And that was because of the political reasons going on between Syria and Saudi Arabia. That's a whole thing. If I look it up online, there's plenty. Yeah, of, there's a lot to go. There's a there. lot of information that you can look up and figure out why this has happened. But things have changed since then in, in the last couple of weeks, even. You know, so Sammy, out of caution, did not wrestle in Saudi Arabia. Kevin Owens in solidarity with Sammy had not wrestled in Saudi Arabia in some time. Things have changed. They're both going to be there. So that's going to be huge, you know, but then which which is going to be cool to see. But no, I I think ultimately Kevin and Sammy will retain, you know, and and this is just to kind of further the storyline with what's going on with the bloodline that like 
Roman's not happy with Jimmy, Jimmy and Jay that like he, he even called him out a little bit on, on SmackDown where he said, Hey, you guys screwed up, apologize. Mm-hmm. And in the, and they only reluctantly apologized after he was ready to beat him down. And then when they announced the match, you know, he was like, Oh, we're going to do it in tribute to the greatest WWE tag team champion champions of all time. And he didn't say Jimmy and Jay, the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. He goes, no, we're going to do it to the wild Samoans. Afa and Sika. Yeah. Like you could have mentioned, you know, your cousins or nephews or whatever it is. Cause that's cousins. Whole, the family tree is a whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but no, we're not giving it, we're not dedicating it to you. We're dedicating it to Afa and Sika. I love how they um, said this. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian, go ahead. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm just in awe of how the storyline's playing out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do like the idea now of this matchup kind of, creating a, a further divide between the bloodline with the loss. And if you haven't seen the clip, knowing all this information, pause the episode, go look up the clip from Friday night Smackdown where they make this announcement because it's the way they set this up is brilliant because you got Paul Heyman making this announcement about the match and you got Jimmy and Jay in the corner. One's trying to hype up the other like, Oh, we're going to get another chance. We're going to do this. We're going to win it back. We're going to bring it back to the bloodline. And you got Paul Heyman going, the, you know, the belts will be, uh, the matchup will be, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He says with the utmost distaste in his, in his voice that he can muster. Going up against the bloodline in, and there's a pause, and he says, Solo Sokoa. And the instant he says Solo, both of the Usos do the fastest 180 I've ever seen somebody Mm. do and go, wait, what? Yeah. It's not us? It's just brilliant the way they're setting this up. Everything they've done with this entire storyline and the mannerisms that Roman and even now Jay and Jimmy are doing is really selling this that now it's crossing over into the pop culture audience. And I think anytime that you can do that with pro wrestling, it's it's nothing but win. And oh, that's a big win. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all remember in the days when everybody was walking around and wearing NWO shirts and yeah. Austin 316. I mean, that was the biggest time of pro wrestling and, and pop culture. And now you're seeing Roman get there, and the fact they're extending this storyline, but they're keeping it fresh and throwing him in this tag match match just to mix things up and obviously they're just setting up for him versus Jay which I mean that's been the storyline all along and we're going to finally start getting that because the pay-per-view after this is money in the bank and that's where Jay wins it I I believe like he'll he'll defeat Cody Rhodes because something will happen and yeah. Jay will wind up cashing it in and yeah. saying you know like if you got a problem let's do this once and for all not saying he's going to be the one to beat Roman even though that would be something too but I feel that this will be the start of the next phase of that storyline. And I think this is just yeah. nothing but win. And this entire card is just shaping up and to be something to must watch. Especially the match that's not announced yet, but we're all figuring is going to be taking place uh, at Night of Champions is going to be Becky Lynch taking on Trish Stratus. I believe that was announced oh. last oh, night. Oh, it was? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not on, on the page I'm looking at, so apologies. What a match. Yeah, Becky Lynch versus Trish. Yeah, dream match. Yeah. Absolute dream match. I'm so pumped to see Trish back in action, man. Yeah. That's, that's that's exciting for me when i had the opportunity to meet her as a kid i attended so many damn wcw pay-per-views as a kid and and like live events and stuff and yeah i had the opportunity to meet her and uh, i mean it's just seeing her still out there doing that makes me feel like i'm not as old as i am yeah you know? <laughs> I, I forget how old she is now i want to say she's like 49 something like that yeah she's killing it yeah absolutely just crushing it and like i say 
to see her against Becky, that's going to be a must-watch match. I mean, the, 47. Yeah, like, apologies. But still, just doing what she's capable of doing in, in the ring at this age, I mean, it's just awesome. And like I say, this is a dream match to see and, and how they're shaping up this entire card. It's making this to be a must-watch event. And obviously, whenever they've gone over to Saudi Arabia for the shows, they've always been – you know, house shows, a, a glorified house show. Yeah. Like I say, nothing really crazy happened. Nothing. Say the, the first one, they put every belt on the line and nothing changed. Yeah. So now something's going to happen there. They're going to put on a great show. It's going to be must watch on the Peacock next week. We'll be previewing it uh, on next I, week's episode. Like I said, could be wrong, but I'm almost positive it's a 1 p.m. Eastern start time. So yes. Don't, so if you're, so because it's over from Saudi Arabia. So if you tune yeah. in, you tune into eight o'clock on the Peacock. Well, you'll probably be watching the replay. Yeah, but you know nothing wrong with it because there's going to be a lot of great action to be had. So that said, we definitely want you to hit us up on the hashtag. Let us know what you thought about the WWE card, the announcements that are going down. And if you're looking for even more pro wrestling content, remember to check out 607TWS on your favorite podcast providers because we definitely do a lot of deep diving into the land of pro wrestling there. Before we get out of here, Brian, first and foremost, thank you for swinging through. You know you're always welcome to come on. Why don't you tell the people how to find you and the Cheers of Comics podcast? Oh, oh man, it was a pleasure being on here, guys. It was awesome talking sports with you. Um, you can find Cheers to Comics at Cheers to Comics on pretty much every social media platform, TikTok to Twitter. Uh, join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. Yes. Um, yeah. No, there's there's uh, some fun interaction in there. A uh, lot, lot, lots of in, uh, great information gets th- thrown throughout there, and you know, pretty sweet creators that pop in and out of there too. Um, they, they, they throw down some tasty little nuggets to share out. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, hit up that, but, uh, also you could find me doing, a like, you know, auction and, um, reply sales throughout there as well. Uh, while I, uh, revamp my web store, um, you're looking for, for awesome, awesome books for, you know, pretty amazingly competitive prices. Sometimes they're just flat out steals. Um, join the Facebook group. I will guide you to those sales. Um, other than that, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just Google cheers to comics. We're here. Been around for four and a half years now. We're here, man. It's been fun chatting with you guys too, for these last few years. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, like I say, you're always welcome to come on. And I know we are, we are due to talk some comics sooner than later at an episode to be determined uh, before the cheer, before the cheersies each year. So we, yes. we, we definitely have to do that at a later date. We, we'll just have to, man, work I've been reading time. some amazing stuff too, man. I just, some amazing stuff that I just have to talk about. So anytime, anytime. And you guys like your indies too. And I appreciate that about you. Yeah. So yeah, now we're, we're, we're going to get down on the mic again soon for sure. Very, very soon, my friend. So that being said, for anything and everything that is the ODPH, whether it's the T Public Store link, whether it's Patreon link, whether it's uh, links to 3FN Podcast and everything they're doing over 8122 Productions, Dragon Master Games, the music section, the blog section. If it is anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's it for the sports edition. So for the one and only Padawan J. Houston gets a pass this week. Fuck the Blue Jays. <laughs> there he goes. For the one and only Brian Wayne. Hey, uh, it, well, uh, I'm going to have to swear a little bit here. Cheers, fuckers. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. Got me down to the punch. Got to be
down to the punch Cause they can't bring me 